0: Ryan Millsap, Chairman and CEO of Atlanta-based Black Hall Studios, is one of today's top entertainment executives, with a vision for Black Hall that's ambitious, energizing, and boundless. Millsap is blazing a trail through the heart of the South and setting his sights on the future of entertainment. Listen and learn as Ryan Millsap journeys through the myriad industries, people, and landscapes that traverse the complex and dynamic world of film
1: production. Welcome to the Black Hall Studios Podcast. We here at the podcast are just as happy as you are that 2020 is in the rearview mirror. The studio was a ghost town for six months, and I'm happy to say we're filming multiple projects now. Along the way, we had to re-engineer our entire HVAC system to provide for the safety of our movie crews. Yeah, I'm looking forward to 2021 bringing us all a little more prosperity. We begin our second year of this podcast, and I'm as excited today as I was in the beginning. Thank you for listening in and know that we definitely appreciate you being here with us. My next guest is a syndicated political and cultural columnist whose work can be read in the Atlanta Business Chronicle, the Orange County Register, Zero Hedge, Chattanooga Times Free Press, the Los Angeles Daily News, and many others. Here are a few of his headlines. Coke capitulates to cowardly corporate creed. A government of politicians, by politicians, and for politicians. GameStop's Reddit Raiders, Goliath Beaten by David. Notes on a colonoscopy. And my favorite, on depression, antidepressants or bourbon. Okay, you get it. Ron Hart is a libertarian, op-ed humorist, and award-winning author. He can be contacted at ron at ronaldhart.com or at ronaldhart on Twitter. Let's talk to Ron. Hi, this is Ryan Millsap. Welcome to the Black Hall Studios podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Ron Hart, a libertarian op-ed humorist, and I think one of the most underrated writers in the country. Ron, welcome to the program. Great to be here. So... How do you avoid getting canceled when you write the most amazing stuff that I think is so hilarious, but so outside the box and what's going on in the culture today?
0: Yeah, I've got canceled by Gannett recently. Gannett bought several papers. I'm in 55 newspapers, and five of which are owned by Gannett, which is USA Today, and they went downstream. They saw the writings, and they did not like it. So (laughs) I got kicked out of five papers, which is fine.
1: Did they give you any explanation, or they just said, I were going a different direction? They said I was a provocateur
0: and uh edgy in a way that they didn't like something like that so so humor is is if you're, if you're a humorist and you make fun of the right you're edgy and smart if you make fun of the left you're a um threat to society and a problem you know as so you need to be dealt with you need to be banned from twitter and everything so, so there's not much humor on the right that's the void I fe- i've kind of filled over time because you think of all the, the the writers, the late night writers in the old days, the McCarthy hearing—they're all way left, you know—the way left writers, the, the Letterman, you name it, you know, all the way down the line from Colbert now and everybody like that. Every joke is like, "Oh, Trump sucks. Trump is orange. He's fat. He's dumb." So that's the, they're, that's what their jokes. So if you fill a void from the right of center, which there's very few, PJ O'Rourke, handful of other people—you can name them—that that the, the right humor from the right of center. It's a big void to be filled.
1: How long have you been writing like this? 16 years. Okay, so in 16 years, is this the worst that you've seen it from a political standpoint? Sure, the cancel culture is unbelievable.
0: Even though I was in the Orange County Register for 12 years, and it wasn't the editors at the Orange County Register that kicked me out, it was the newsroom that kind of rose up against them. Because everybody in the newsroom wants to write an op-ed, right, their whole goal is not to cover a traffic accident or or apartment fire in Orange County. Their whole goal is to, to write what I do so they rose up against what I did and said, hey looks not you know it's, it's an ex libertarian paper for a number of years but yeah you know, there's there's a culture now I think and if, if you're intellectually honest and you're leftist, you have to also agree this is wrong I mean if you think you know if you truly believe in the First Amendment because they, they you know the First Amendment was their friend for years
1: you know the the left now it's against the right. Do you know anybody who is writing about that? Like the people, is, do you know anybody on the left who is rising up against the the treatment of uh, those that are being canceled? Greenwald, you know,
0: this, this guy, great libertarian guy, who's in exile in Thailand or somewhere like that, who was uh, who was uh, uh, the the WikiLeaks guys' buddy, and then uh, I guess to some degree Bill Maher, to, to his credit, because his, you know, he realized he's vulnerable. The, some of the things he says so he he's very careful about that as well and then richie uh rich uh gervais good who did the uh, golden globes oh, a year Rick, ago yeah ricky gervais gervais yeah who yeah. really talked the left down it was a great speech. wow that did not go over well <laughs> and he's not back this year <laughs> that's the cancel culture in which we live in right so i don't give you left or right i, I, I love a good argument with a leftist who's genuine and, and wants to talk about facts. But it, right now, the, the view of the left is if you disagree with me, you're evil, you're a bad person, we're going to destroy you. Rather than saying, okay, I disagree with you on the role of government in people's lives, I, I, I disagree with you on, on the role of capitalism in America, I disagree with you on the founding of America. Just talk about it. But don't don't just say, you stink, I hate you, we're going to dox you, we're going after your family, We're going to, you're going to lose your job because you disagree with us. That's not the way it's supposed to work.
1: I love that phrase, the way it's supposed to work, because one of the things that I'm struggling with right now as I think through this moment in time is it's hard to know where everybody agrees the way it's supposed to work. Right. Like, what is left on that list, do you think, that are fundamentally American things that both sides could say, yep, that's America?
0: I'm starting to wonder. Um in this day and age because with the ALC element of the Democrat party they, they they view the country founded on on false premises and that were racist and bad right so therefore everything we've done ever since is wrong I don't think that's the case I mean uh, you know you can't you can't found you know my great-grandfather times 12 John Hart signed the Declaration of Independence so I'm 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 very white you know I make Mitt Romney looked like a runaway slave. I mean, I'm so very white, so I go back to the founding. So I, I have a, a particular interest in the founding. I didn't, you know, we didn't own slaves, or we didn't benefit from slaves. All of a sudden, there's reparations at play. There's things at play right now that are that are, you know, that, that are appalling to most people. And that's the reason Trump, I think, came to power because there was a there was a tremendous burgeoning concern by the blue collar workers, and he basically took the Democrat Party from theoretically for the blue collar blue collar workers. To the Republican Party, like the old Reagan Democrats, you should call them right. So the blue-collar guys are for Trump. The liberal elites and the people that are way left, professors, are for are for the Democrats. And, and blue and the blue-collar folks in, in Ohio and Tennessee and all of the country voted for Trump.
1: Yeah, I you know I I have a hard time understanding um, where the political divide stops in the sense that it it, it feels like. There is a huge amount of the very poor that are being manipulated. Sure. And then there's this, this intellectual elite. Things they know better for you than you know for yourself because they're very smart. Because they're very, very smart. Yeah. But then there's this whole section of America that's like just the middle. And why, is that, why do you think the middle hasn't been able to find a voice?
0: Well, they found it in Trump. To some degree. I mean, he's he's bombastic. He was he was unmeasured and 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 problematic in terms of as a messenger. But his message was good. So anyone who can take up the mantle of Trump's policies in in a, in a manner that's more palatable to the country will do well going forward. I think the country believes in what Trump believes in. I don't think they believe in what ALC believes in. I don't think they believe in what. I don't. Even, I don't know if Biden even knows what he believes in right now. He's told what to believe in, to some degree. He's just mm-hmm. a spin, You know, he's just a puppet. You know, and, and 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 the puppeteers are AOC, Kamala, probably probably a lot of Obama administration, Brennan, Clapper. Those people are pretty much uh, orchestrating what Biden does to a means uh, to an end, which I'm really not sure what it's going to be, but it's not going to be acceptable to the American people.
1: Right, because a lot of the things that, that they talk about don't even seem American. Right. Exactly. The, the notion
0: of this exceptional, you know, the, 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 the idea of ex- the, the country being exceptional, we're, we're good. You know, we've done, we've we've not conquered other countries, we don't take things from other people. We go to World War II, we free Europe, you know, free you know Jews from the Holocaust and, and places like that. We go to countries that, Vietnam, which we shouldn't have gone to as a libertarian, but then again, we go there. We, we go and do things for people at our expense, including Iraq and, and Afghanistan. For the betterment of the world, I don't think we ask for a lot,
1: you know? I we don't, don't ask for anything other yeah. than other than burden, really. I right. mean, we're, we're the world's yep. police force. Right. We're the world's reserve currency. Um, you know, we get a, a lot of benefits from that and in many ways earned Right. over time. People trust Americans. Right. They, they, even, even today, in the aftermath of the carnage on some level of the reputation I don't think necessarily all earned by Trump, but certainly perpetuated. Like you know, Trump gave people a lot of jumping off points to then spread evil, right? You know, spread spread ill about Republicans, spread ill about Trump himself, spread ill about America, right? But I think deep down, I mean, I've traveled the world and I've never been in a place where people didn't secretly love America. Yeah,
0: they do. And you know, we're kind of the bully. I think they think we're, we're big. There's a certain amount of resentment about America, what we got going on here. Everybody wants to be here. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. I mean, we got a velvet rope at our country. Everybody's like lined up to get in. So we must be doing something right. Uh, I guess we all watched Meghan and Prince Harry the other night, you know, who escaped England's racism to come here. <laughs> so if we're a racist country, you know, I'm not sure why they're here <laughs> because they, they met with racism over there. Uh, yeah this is a great country that we've built. I think if we, we lose a lot of our identity by by going the direction we're going it troubles a lot of people, you have to step back and the problem is most people don't understand it because the the education system is ruled by the left, right so their their narrative is that America's inherently evil and it's founded on bad principles. therefore you're evil and to believe in what they do is evil but it's it's been a great country name something we've done bad I mean I, I, as a libertarian I, I was against the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Growing up as a kid, I almost I was close to being drafted to Vietnam. Four or five years from, from Vietnam, I would have gone because my dad was a Marine. I wouldn't want to go. But you, know, you see these wars, you know, really we're we're really one in one in four in our wars so far. You know, we we won World War Two, but we haven't won one since. So we these these wars of choice that we get ourselves into, which was you know if you think about it, it was Truman and Johnson and, and Kennedy that got us in these Vietnam War, and then of course Bush disastrously gets us in these wars now. And then this knucklehead Biden is bombing Syria. And he's bombing countries. Here's a man that owes me fourteen hundred dollars. He needs to focus on what he's doing. <laughs> Get that <laughs> COVID relief bill done. So then the Democrats have switched positions where they're the Hawks and the Republicans and certainly under Trump are the doves, I think. And then they said, look, this is America first, let's pull in a little bit. And if you go to Iraq and Afghanistan, it was it was a two trillion dollar social studies lesson, right? And if you win in Iraq, if you win in Afghanistan, what do you get? You rule the rubble, right? What do you get? It's like, you know, and Cullen Powell said it best. It's like the, uh, you know, what was it called, the um, pottery barn theory, you break it, you own it. And so we
1: own it over there. It's been a disaster. And they hate it still. How have your political views changed over time? Like, what what kind of political engagement did you have when you were 18 years old?
0: You know, I, I went to Georgetown. I worked in uh uh, you know, President Reagan's uh, organization when I was at Georgetown, but there was a Senator Bill Brock from Tennessee who who got beat by Al Gore, who we all know, Al Gore. So there was a switch during Carter, you know, Carter's, you know, there was a Watergate and Carter won in 76, 77, 78, and, and Brock got beat out in Tennessee and he was U S trade representative and I was at Georgetown. So I went to work for him in the Reagan white house, essentially while I was at Georgetown and working my way through it. So that, that formed my, a lot of my opinions. I think my dad was a policeman, pretty conservative. It just made sense to me. You know, the, the, the wars didn't, you know, the idea of um, the Republican party being a, a hawkish party who want to go to war all the time. That never made sense to me. I, I, you know, but I think capitalism, minimal government, if you can, my view always was, if you can find the service in the yellow pages, the government doesn't need to do it, right? You can't think of any any service the government provides where people say, hey, yeah, give me more of the DMV. Give me more of that. You know, there's nothing. And so I, I, think, I
1: guarantee you, though, if they turn the DMV over to Chick-fil-A, it'd be good. It'd <laughs> be good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, some and everybody knows that. People would pay to go to the DMV if it was run by Chick-fil-A. Right. Right? Because it would be in a – So you could either go to the regular DMV. Right. Or you could pay. Chick-fil-A. And go to the Chick-fil-A DMV. Everybody would, everybody's chick like
0: Yeah. Fries and everything. Yeah. it would be good. They run a tight operation. I, yeah. They
1: wouldn't even have to serve food. Just the experience. They would they would make a customer experience of the DMV that would be worth $20. Yeah. So regular DMV or for right. $20 you can go to the Chick-fil-A run DMV. They'll go there. You pay up for
0: it. And what happens in, in America is that if um, – you can provide a service like Chick Fil A. You make a lot of money. And the Kathy family, I know they're competitive. Yours, kind of. Wow, they're wonderful people. They're amazing. People. And yeah. Dan's
1: been so. so he's been the the, the 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 most wonderful, gracious, oh good. Uh, generous competitor mm. that I could ever ask That's for. Good. For him. He's. he's a yeah,
0: great people. Incredible person. But what people don't understand about rich people, and I, I was at Goldman Sachs for years. I managed money for wealthy people. I've been around wealthy people. Bernie Marcus is a great example. They can only eat so many steaks a day. They don't get people feeding them grapes on their bed. When they get excess money, you know what they do? I bet Musk. I bet Elon Musk gets grapes in his. He bed. He probably does somewhere. Maybe not his bed. Maybe somewhere else. But uh, yeah, he <laughs> he might. But most entrepreneurs like Bernie Marcus. I play in his, Bernie Marcus's member of gas. We come to a, uh, the a Boca Raton. He comes to a water hole. This guys were seven B. Seven with a B. Seven B. Comes to a water hole. Gets a Ziploc freezer bag. Unzips it. Gets a water ball to hit. And this this is what entrepreneurs do it's it, the millionaires that Home Depot created the people that ran a store in carrollton or wherever who was able to make you know two or three million dollar net worth and send their kid to college that's what they created so that's kind of what I believe in so
1: well do do you consider yourself to be a republican or a libertarian a uh, libertarian at my core I think more
0: like a Rand Paul a moderate libertarian it's 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 a fool's errand. To think you're going to be a pure libertarian, mm-hmm. uh, but if you have libertarian principles in terms of NSA's involvement and and you know and Julian Assange, I think he ought to be pardoned. you know, I think the the, the dude that went to Russia was his name um, uh, that did the NSA. Uh, Trying to blank on his name right now. But anyway, so he I think he should be, uh, I think they've done a public service by doing that. You know, these people that have revealed government is overreaching. I think the deep state is real. I think they're fearful of Trump or anyone who disrupts the deep state. I worked in washington dc i always call it hollywood for ugly people i mean it's 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 a place where you can go be a big deal when i was there working i was at a cocktail party every night i was like two, 19 20 years old it was a great thing to do so yeah edward snowden yeah ever Snowden. yeah uh, snowden's the guy, yeah, yes. snowden the guy. He, he's in, he intrigued me because he had nothing to gain by that he was dating a ballerina living in hawaii he had a pretty good life making 150 grand for a you know cia you know subcontractor But he saw this going on with the NSA and said, "Dude, I got to do something." To me, that's a hero. You know, I think he did a good job, and the left should agree with that. You know, because these are the same people that felt the McCarthy hearings were important. The funny thing about the left is the McCarthy hearings, which informed a lot of the leftist opinions in the '60s and '70s, of being, you know, a bad thing. And and Joseph McCarthy was a bad guy. They're doing the same thing today with Adam Schiff with uh swalwell and these in pelosi i mean that you know i said in a column recently they're so mad at um uh what swalwell did and some other people did they're gonna they're gonna impeach donald trump jr i mean it's, <laughs> they, they, just, this impeachment thing has become and, and if you're paying attention this was a tremendous waste of money same with the mueller hearings and Mueller hearings that was a terrible waste of money no one wants to go through this and, and they're making his life miserable now the attorney general alfani or whatever in atlanta He's talking about going after Trump on him calling Rothensburg or whatever his name, the Rothens guy on on the thing. We don't have time for that. We, we got twelve thousand backlog murder cases and robbery cases in Atlanta. They're gonna chase Trump around the Christmas tree for a week or two, you know, a month or two and, and he'll get off just so they can make themselves a name for themselves. I mean it's just a
1: waste of government money. So at this time when you know there's so much polarization between the Democrats, and Republicans. Has the Libertarian Party seen an infusion of bodies? And if it has, why yeah. you know, why do you think that's happening? And if it hasn't
0: yeah, it cost us the Georgia election. It cost the Republican because they got two, or two or three percent. We're on two their percent in the Senate race, which caused a runoff, which caused them, you know, to lose eventually. Um, I mean, it, it, again, it's a fool's errand to be a pure libertarian, right? I, if, in a state like Georgia, if I were to vote in Georgia or a close state, I'd vote for a Republican, just you know, at the margin. But you know, libertarians are are kind of an odd group. We're kind of like you know, uh, we just want to be left alone. You know, and I always say, someone's uh, explained explain libertarian to me and my view is smoke all the crack you want but don't expect me to pay for your rehab or don't expect me to shoot you if you steal my lawnmower mm-hmm. so you do what you want to do as long as you don't bother somebody else i don't care if you like you know whatever sexual preferences you have or whatever you think I, I was early on in pro-gay marriage and i was against the wars early on and most of my columns are carried on the right side of the paper because ironically the right is more tolerant than the left the left is not very tolerant if you don't believe in their complete dogma down the line and whatever the dogma is at the moment if you don't believe if you don't subscribe to the complete leftist dogma the the right has a bigger tent And and it's represented by several factors one you got the libertarian you got the social conservatives you got the physical conservatives you got the rhinos you got a bunch of people on the right that kind of battle out ideas the left does what pelosi tells them no one breaks rank on the left and if you look at the supreme court All the leftist appointees vote ninety-seven percent together. Roberts breaks ranks. You know, uh, Sandra Day O'Connor broke ranks. The Republican appointees, Souter, they all broke. They they never voted as a block. You know, Um, you know, Alito and Clarence Thomas, and I guess, uh, you know, a few of them vote together pretty tight. You know, on the right, but for the most part, there's a lot of break in the right right views of things you know so there, there is a marketplace of ideas on the right that seems to be still talked about the left you just salute whatever they're going on you salute whatever they're saying whatever pelosi says you and, and, and no one breaks rank every every vote is like where if there's if there's 220 democrats in the house 220 vote every time they that where they tell them to vote maybe joe manchin in the senate and the most powerful people in the world right now is joe manchin and the and the woman from uh, Maine, Collins, yeah, and those people like that. Those people are going to control the country. It right is
1: pretty frightening. That we we break it down to yeah the swing votes. Yeah, there's a few people and all this and it, and the ideology is, is so different. You
0: think the country is a fifty one forty nine percent world? Yet if one side gets fifty one, then they go there's way agendas, you know, both ways. in uh, reality, America is kind of middle of the road. If you sit most Americans down, even Democrats, and talk about issues, I always talking about people. My daughter went to Vanderbilt and then Columbia, and she got kind of a little left on me. And, and that, what I try to explain to her is that like, what do you think the role of government is? That's the way to, to start. When you, you have a leftist, you, you know, you know, they, they they draw the dogma, you know, the, of the left. But then then you back it up. The only way you to change people's minds is say, what is the role of government? How much government do you want, and how much you want to pay for? And that, if you back into it that way, then you'll find yourself in more agreement than you do normally
1: with people. Can you find common ground with your, you say your daughter's more liberal? Yeah, I, I'm fine with her. We we, you know, we, just try not to talk about certain subjects. You know, <laughs> <laughs> No, that's why I was thinking more not just the avoidance because all of us have uh, people in our families that we have to avoid conversation with. Right. Just like I have friends who are far left and very comfortable with cancer culture because they feel like it's using their free right to impose right which i don't think the logic is totally sound but they truly believe that so i just avoid talking about certain topics with right. my friends that i know that it's not really a conversation it's either like you're either in agreement or you're, or, evil. Or you're evil
0: yeah that's the, that's the problem i'll I never view the left as evil I mean, I I think they view themselves as is right, and that, that they're they're in lockstep together. And if you do this way, that that's the way it should be. But I, I think in general, most people that uh, uh, sit down and argue uh, talk about a subject. If you back it into fundamental things, what the founder, what did the founders found the country on? What is the role of government? What, how much government do you want? Is this the role of government to tell you this? To, yeah, I'm pro choice. So as a Republican, got I, I, you know. I, so I think it's it's,
1: it's a tough choice. You know, but it should be your choice. It's not the government. Well, sure. it's a moral question. Right. It's, I don't think it's a state question. Right. Right. Which goes to sexuality. It goes right. to all. We can make a list of all these things that the state should have no opinion. Right. Right. I've always said, uh, educate my my uh, or legislate my freedom and educate my choice. Right. Right. I agree. Right. So, uh, if you're getting into legislation, then just make sure everybody can do whatever they want. Right. And then, if you think that I should be doing something, then give me all the facts. Yeah. Set up a set up a, a an institution to educate me on facts.
0: And the media is, is kind of they, they don't. The media is no longer the media; they're they're, they're cheerleaders. They're, they might as well re- register as a pack, right? As a Democrat pack. So the media is not objective anymore. So the fact you said, give me the facts. People don't get the facts anymore, you know?
1: How, where did that break down? I just don't, I, I don't understand why it's that difficult to just be a, a, a nonpartisan fact deliverer. Because people that go into journalism
0: tend to be liberal. And they they are they're, they're trying to save the world, so they're they're advocates. You look at Yahoo News, and it's, it's a joke. There's, there's no pure journalism anymore. There's no objective journalism anymore. So you got the Fox and the Drudge and the, and the right wing stuff, and then you got the left wing everything else, and they dominate 90 percent of it. And and they they're really good spend doctors because they they're good about things like pay your fair share in taxes or. Uh, uh, love not hate you know they they they, they view trump as hate who's, who's hated trump more than you know than, than adam schiff and then nancy pelosi and, and impeaching him all the time there's more hate on the left than there is on the
1: right you know what's been really surprising to me and, and tell me if you think you, this has been surprising you too is the corporate response to I'm scared the- Right, I've I've never seen American business run and hide the way that they seem to be doing right now, and it doesn't make sense to me. Well, this is why they do it. they
0: first of all, Coca Cola recently did the you know, get rid of your whiteness thing. I wrote about that. You know, they fired the white polar bear, um, and so that they're, they're 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 woke all of a sudden. The, the reason they're doing that is they're scared. Right, these guys aren't entrepreneurs that started a company. like you started this thing. They they are they are corporate shills who will who will salute whatever flag goes up the pole i, I have no respect for big corporate uh cogs people that are there so they, they they lean left because they want protection from the government right so biden's in right now kamala's in right now so they want protection from the government. how do you get protected it's like it's like if you're in north korea you damn well better have a picture of kim jong-il in your house and tell and say whatever kim jong-il tells you to say and that's what corporate america is doing right now they're weak there's no strong entrepreneurs like Bernie Marcus, Ted Turner anymore that are ballsy. I don't know if we can say that. I guess we can say that uh, type of entrepreneurs. You can say whatever you want on this program. Okay. So there's there's long gone the days of these of these uh, intrepid you know gutsy entrepreneurs. They're all corporate shills, especially at Coca-Cola. Especially and still now at Home Depot since Bernie's left. they big corporations that have to wherever the winds blowing, they got it, they got to salute whatever flag goes at the pole and they do it. Just just for preservation, they just want to preserve their next bonus, their next paycheck, their next you know their next uh, quarterly earnings, and they know they got to do that to do it. Same with the BLM, which is a, which is a communist organization. It's not really a really racial organization; it's a communist organization found by committed communists. People them money just to go away, so they don't burn their buildings down. And I think this is is the equivalent of a shakedown.
1: I just can't figure out how it's happening because. You know, the, fun, the fundamental aspects of what makes corporate, what makes American corporations hum, what makes them just print money the way they do, is that they've largely taken a position historically where they said, we're kind of a- a- apolitical. Like, just don't mess with business. Right. If you don't mess with business, then we just go about our business. But then they just didn't comment on right. politics. And it feels like right now there's so much push, there's so much influence on these big corporations to somehow now take up a political position, even like, you know, I, I have, you know, friends of every ethnicity and yet it's it's offensive to me that these big corporations feel like they need to announce when they're hiring people of color.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, my,
1: my my friends of color don't care about that. They just want to be they want to be great at what they do, and they would get hired for being great.
0: It's a PR campaign on their part, and they're trying to act like there's something they're not oftentimes you know coca-cola was founded by confederate general (laughs) you know john pemberton founded coca-cola and now you know and then you had ace account i mean candlers and all the people that ran it for years it was a southern company now they're kind of atoning it's a little atonement like like the guilt you know so so some guy gets hired out georgia tech seven years ago who's a leftist millennial kind of weak-willed and and, and a product of the public school education system who all of a sudden oh i'm white i gotta apologize for everything that's ever happened and so they go into the corporate world, and they're, and they're molded almost like re education camps into believing in this thing. And, and groupthink is a dangerous thing, right? So they're in this group. And you, dare you break with that? Dare you be the renegade that says, No, I think maybe we're really in the business of selling sugar water? You know, <laughs> this is what Coca Cola really is. And you think about Coca Cola, and I know we're in Atlanta now, I hate to say this, but they had an original idea in forever. Right, they had new Coke. They almost screwed up their system. You know, that that was about 20 years ago. They about blew that. They pretty much have been doing the same. No no one's done anything innovative, or bright, or cutting edge at Coca-Cola forever. It's a big corporation, and what happens is, like Facebook and Google, they become almost oligopolistic. Right. So if you're oligopolistic. You've got to get along to go along. You don't want any intrepid people getting underneath your feet and cause you any problems, right? So you you got to dig in with with protection of the government. The government's like a mafia, without you know this. You, you buy protection. You know, think about the government. What they're in? They're in tobacco. They're in alcohol. They're in firearms. They're in drug FDA. They're in drugs. They're like the mafia without the moral compass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's at least there, there is there is, is some moral compass inside yeah. the mafia. They got the lottery, you know, Georgia lottery. So they're pretty much running numbers. They're doing liquor. They're doing alcohol. They're doing guns, and they're doing FBA drugs. So I mean, I mean, they're pretty much like the mafia. If you know, so if you don't deal, if you don't make peace with them. there was a great line during the Obama administration when they did Obamacare, and it, it was starting to gain momentum. And it was a great line by Rahm Emanuel to corporations. He said, "Come in here. We're going to screw you over." Come in here, sit at the table. Because if you're not at the table, you're on the table. That's what he told people. I mean, if you don't come in here and cut a deal with us on Obamacare, if you're a drug company or a hospital or whatever, if you don't cut a deal with us by giving us money or doing something backdoor. And you're talking about this $1.9 trillion uh, COVID bill. Only $800 billion of it went to COVID. Actually, the rest of them were just give outs to the Democrat causes. The same thing with the shovel-ready jobs when Obama came in. It was, you know, never let a crisis go to waste another great line that Ron Emanuel said. You you, you you scare people into a crisis, and then you cause them to vote for things they otherwise wouldn't do, which are fun fund the coffers of the Democrat Party for the next few years. And we may have a Democrat majority. I mean, Georgia turned. I don't know if Georgia's going to turn back. There'll be enough pushback. We'll see. Georgia is, is, is a microcosm of, of the United States right now.
1: What do you think the good things that are going on right now are? Good things? Um... <laughs> I think, there's, I think
0: there's more young people that are right of center than, than older people. I went I, As a reporter, I got to go to the Democrat National Convention. I got to go to the Republican National Convention. The Republican National Convention had a lot more younger people there. They're more energized. They were kind of more idealistic. Uh, Rush Limbaugh's death is, is, is a big blow to the conservative movement because he had a lot of followers. He was a very great Pied Piper, a you know, great great person. Intern, if you're a right-wing, he was there every day on the radio with 25, 30, 40 million people in their trucks driving, people driving to work. There'll be a big void you know, lost by him. But I, I think most people at their core, if the, the teachers' unions don't teach people um, – you know, they, they teach people to be leftists, and then you come out being leftists. And the biggest, the the biggest problem, you, I think, right now, you get is that the millennials are so um, emasculated. The men are so emasculated; they're not having kids. The, the the best and brightest of us wait they're 30, 35, 40, and they don't have kids. So we're not breeding the brightest people. You're breeding the dumbasses, you know, in, in droves. So the people that you shouldn't be breeding are breeding. If you think of it, just from a very uh, a stark uh, kind of cold standpoint, but the, but the, but these millennials are not having kids. They are having dogs. They they're not getting married. You know, they're scared from marriage, from divorce. They see their parents get divorced. They see they lose their houses ten years ago, and they're and they that's a big big problem when the, when the best and brightest are not
1: having kids or not 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 you know the next generation may be a problem. So if you were able to go back and maybe shepherd your daughter's education differently, would you? No, I mean she went. You know, I, I was I grew up. You know, small town, middle
0: class, and was able to send my kids to good schools—Westminster and Vanderbilt and Columbia and, and the like. Um, NYU—it's um, it's li- This, 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 their turf, right? So there's, there's two turfs. There's two or three turfs in the world. The, first of all, the liberals control higher education. That ground has been seeded because they got tenure professors who are leftists, and that's just that's done. The right controls the talk radio, you know, from Sean Hannity to Rush Limbaugh. You just can't maintain a, a talk radio show if you're left wing because you can't defend your positions to callers and then the right wing has um you know has business for the most part you know it, you know for the the business community who has also been backed down like Coca Cola got backed down by scared being scared not to comply with the the the, the left but kamala Harris and the, the left you know I'm, I'm not really scared of joe biden because he's an old school democrat he's made a deal with wall street He's made a deal with Google. He's made a deal with Amazon. They all got deals, right? And I own a lot of Amazon, a lot of Google, a lot of Apple stock. So I'm not comfortable with what goes on. I wish there was more competition, but they've cut a deal with these people to protect them. And and the average blue collar worker doesn't realize that, right? So they're letting immigrants across the border. Who, if you're if you're a white or African American at a construction site, and you're getting 15 bucks an hour, and across the border comes someone from Guatemala willing to do it for 12 or 8 or 10 your job who's getting screwed by this deal i mean and i think they see that you know if you think people uh, democrats think that uh, that, that hispanics and, and blacks get along they haven't been to a prison or a construction site <laughs> they don't get along that well you know so because their job at the end of the day everything in my view and i hate to be you know too naive about this everything comes down to economics right at the end of the day you can say what you want to say but it comes down to economics. Zuckerberg can say what he wants to say. It all comes down. He, all he cares about is Facebook, right? So, so uh, Google only cares about Google, and, 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 and Dorsey only cares about Twitter, right? He can say what he wants to say to get along and seem like a magnanimous, cool guy, but at the the day, economics drives everything.
1: So you mentioned Westminster. I think of Westminster as a really conservative school. No. It's not anymore.
0: No, it's good. Any institution that has a lot of endowment money Drifts left over time because there's no accountability, right? So it was, I, I guess it's gonna go around Atlanta, right? <laughs> yeah, there'll be, there'll be a well, lot of people I, in Atlanta hear this. <laughs> well, my view as an, as an outsider <laughs> um, is that out of Westminster, it's for, by far the best school. I mean, my, my kid was there, had 100 boys graduate, had eight 1600 SATs, very bright. I couldn't have gone there. I mean, it'd be like bringing water through a fire hose for me. My kids went there, but, but here's the problem with Westminster there's not an entrepreneurs to come out of there. Not a single person's come out of there and made a lot of money. All you entrepreneurs come up from 85 up in Gwinnett County. I, and I, I manage money for them. I know how mm-hmm. it works. Mm-hmm. They're usually blue collar, rough and tumble people. Westminster is the best platform in town because their granddad was a son of a bitch and he got them in there. He you know, got the son in there who got their, them in there. And they're three generations away from the person who made the money. So, so, so true. So, and they come out soft. They, they have a antipathy for capitalism because they're two or three generations removed. From the the bastard who made all the money, who's a Republican probably, mm-hmm. and they're soft and second, third generation. It's just it's just happened. It's not Westminster's fault. It's just it's just the n- human nature, sociology. That's how things drift. And, uh, and and I managed money for wealthy people from around Atlanta for years. I can't think of a single person you can name one if you if you will that's come out of Westminster and been the Bernie Marcus, the Ted Turner. They're all the people that make money are all ADD, other side of the tracks. Intrepid risk takers, <laughs> who who are able to do things, and and to be at Westminster, you have to be linear. You have to be within the range because they got twelve people wanting your seat. Right. If, you're, if you're not compliant, you're not. They create a lot of lawyers a lot of doctors my daughter's a doctor mm-hmm. they create a lot of, and, they, and it's, it's not a bad construct and, and I'm not you know, I, I don't want my kids to go back there again i may not getting now mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but uh, I, I took my, my my wife and I took my kid there to, to interview Westminster. we're from a small town and come there and uh, they were at Morse Brandon which is a public school so we're in there and I'm a smart ass I, I, I'm a problem and uh, so she's sitting there, this woman in Birkenstocks, is sitting there interviewing us for Dayton <laughs> School. She said, "Well, your daughter Jensen did really well on her Iowa test." And there was this, what well, seemed like twelve seconds of silence. on am ADD; I couldn't stand it. I said, and she stared at me and stared at my wife, and I go, "Yeah, that's, yeah, because that's really good because we never we never taken her to Iowa." And, <laughs> And there's crickets, you know. So I'm thinking like, oh, I just, just, we're screwed, we're done. So anyway, they end up getting in. But um, yeah, it's it's a great school. Don't get me wrong, but it's true. It's not true necessarily of Westminster It's any school. Even, you know, it's just it's, you have to be so compliant to be in there. And people that do well, the entrepreneurs are not compliant people. They're, they're risk takers. They're they're off the chart.
1: They're, you know, you know they're unemployable. Yeah, I, I've 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 said this since I was well, I. So I studied philosophy in an undergrad, and all I did in college was read and, and write papers and study more. And I mean, where'd I just, you go school? Uh, a small uh, liberal arts school in LA called Biola. It's actually a very conservative Christian school, kind of mm-hmm. like Wheaton yeah. in uh, Chicago. Right. Uh, very focused on education. Very focused on kind of fundamentals. Even when talk when you talk about politics, it's they they read the Bible for intent and they read the Constitution for intent. Mm -hmm. So it's actually kind of interesting, you know, that when you when you when you start talking about the textual criticism and the way that people approach sacred documents, and then you know, I think that if you're an American, the Constitution is a sacred document, and that's one of the places where I get frustrated with the conversations from the left. Is I say, listen, I've got no judgment against communism. I don't care if people want to be communists. I've got no judgment about Germans. I don't care if they want to be German and be socialists. But we're Americans, All right. and Americans were founded on this Constitution that has a whole set of inalienable rights right. that we need to honor. If we're in America, right. if you don't like it, there's a lot of other countries. I think it's 188 or something right. that you can go to and and make a new home. No one does, but no one does because this is the this is the greatest place. Meghan Markle did, but she came back. <laughs> it wasn't as cool as she thought it was going <laughs> to nah, be. Escape the
0: racism of England. <laughs> yeah we have a great country people don't appreciate it there's there's certain begrudgement if you watch that 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 oprah interview the other night there was a certain amount of uh victimhood about her look this guy's worth 50 million he's never had a w-2 right the the prince harry she's made a lot of money in suits right wherever she's made money these are people who benefit from america how can you be angry how can you be resentful about this place look we're not perfect but like don't don't be mad and, and and totally pissed off all the time about america because you've come here and kind of reap the benefits of this country i mean why do you why do you and why do you have to be a victim because the victimhood is accepted by hollywood you got to be a victim of something right you have to be persecuted by somebody and the democrat party has gone from uh, what one time was a pretty good party to a group of uh, assortment of victims right you're gay, lesbian, transgender. You've been victimized. You're uh, black. You've been victimized. You've been so they convince you that you're a victim and they're there to help you. They're not there to help you. They're they're there to get your vote to get elected to perpetuate their own
1: Washington gig. You know. Do you think you can educate an entrepreneur? Like can you, can you educate someone into entrepreneurship? You know, I, we try to do an entrepreneurship program
0: in, in Atlanta to teach kids that because most uh, most economics at high schools are taught by some. Teacher that doesn't really understand economics, right? So, you, you have to understand the benefit of economics. Like I was talking about earlier, Bernie Marcus, you name it. They can only eat so many steaks a day. That when they when they make money, it's not greed. They turn around and invest it right back into another store, into someone else, and they pay people well. They create jobs. There's a, there's a ripple effect to the economy of an entrepreneur, and it has a bad name. It's been given a bad name by the left, but you know where's the real greed? Like for example, gas is going to three bucks a gallon pretty soon, right? So Exxon's greedy, right? We're told Exxon's greedy. Exxon makes eight cents a gallon. Eight cents a gallon. The government takes forty-five cents a gallon taxes. Who's greedy? <laughs> I mean, the government doesn't pull it out of the ground in West Texas. They don't put it in a pipeline. They don't bring it to the to the to the Seven Eleven or Mapco wherever you buy your gas, uh, the, the the Shell station, but. The government gets forty five cents a gallon in taxes and X Exxon, this greedy mammoth corporation is supposed to be terrible, or you name whatever the corporation is, they get eight cents a gallon. That's their margin. So who's really greedy when it comes down to things? I just went out to LA and, and rented a van and we we played golf. You think you saw it on Facebook Cypress Cyprus and Pebble. We rented a van out there. The van was one twenty. One twenty for me rent the van and and, and the taxes and the rest of the stuff was another with another hundred fifty dollars. Basically it was fifty percent taxes. Fifty percent to the, to the company who provided me the van, who who really added value here? It's it the company that it, you know that dealt well, with
1: it. When I when I've been watching what the government's done with the money for the stimulus plans, I've thought, man, you know this would be a lot better stimulus if you just took that trillion nine and handed it to Elon Musk,
0: right gates or someone somebody
1: you know, i mean I, you know i i don't know if gates is still an entrepreneur in it, it, still that 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 mentality that growth mentality that that yeah. creative mentality he's kind of on to other pursuits buffett's more of an investor right right but if you hand that money to bezos right or musk somebody that just says all right the well shoot well, now what could i do with you know right. n- now i can unleash this much of my imagination right because right? every time they get richer they just get their imaginations get bigger yeah. because they're not doing it for the money right. ultimately the, the fundamental problem with
0: government it takes money from from the most productive part of society the entrepreneurs and allocates it to the least productive part of society government Right. So you continue to take money from the most productive part. To, I, I prefer Gates with his own money out there trying to do even his egos involved, whatever it is, or jobs or whomever who has a lot of money out there trying to do some things, being creative and applying entrepreneurial skills to philanthropy. Right. So he's trying to figure out. First, I grew up in Columbia, Tennessee during TVA. You're, you're younger than I. But they shut down nuclear power. Over the same thing as is the environmental concerns we have today, this, this global warming concern, right? About the environment, because you had Three Mile Island, you know, a little little leak up there, stuff happens, and so you had glo- you had this nuclear power in America that was completely shut down. We're only it's only twenty percent of our power right now, and in, in France it's seventy percent. So we shut down nuclear power. It turns out it's carbon neutral, it's clean. And if, and if if Harry Reid had let them store the spent rods out at Yucca Valley, Yucca Mountain, like they were supposed to do, it'd be a perfect form of energy. But all the the, the alarmists, the, the same knuckleheads that are talking about global warming today, you know, don't really know what they're talking about. They shut down the nuclear the, uh, program in America, you know, uh, 30 years ago over one little small thing because they thought it was environmental they don't know what they're talking about necessarily. And I think the free market ultimately prices, and Ga- Gates, to his credit, is trying to construct. And of course, Georgia had a disaster with that Vogel thing. They they, they tried to do Vogel again under the old rules, and they couldn't do a nuclear plant today. But, but Gates has a, a formula where he can do cheap, uh, efficient nuclear plants that are smaller, which will produce energy with zero carbon. You know, And if, if he's right about that, then God bless him. Let's do it.
1: So I spent my entire adult life on the West Coast until I moved to Georgia seven years ago. I think this is the best lifestyle in America. Southern lifestyle. Mm. Tell people who are not from the South, who are listening to this, some of the greatest things about being in the South.
0: Well, Southerners are very independent, right? So we're like, we're really, you know, we still do Civil War reenactments for a war we lost. <laughs> so we're 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 like, and, and, I, and I can actually see, and I think people are saying this right now: this country is so divided. I can see us splitting again, honestly. Not not no not over Civil War slavery with a bloody war. I'm just saying, look, dude, y'all like you, you think y'all like go that way. We think we all go this way. COVID was, was was a embarkation point, right? Everybody said COVID. You look at the number, just uh, Florida. DeSantis, 20 million people, old people, very frail people, 20 million people, New York State, 20 million people. They lost a lot more people under Cuomo, this idiot sending people back to nursing homes and up in New York. 20 million people, a lot more people die, like 3X, I think it's 3X up in New York versus Florida. We had old people sick, and Florida was open the whole time. So when you have a choice you err on freedom right you're on individual choice i'm a big boy i step out the door i walk i took a ride around your studio in a golf cart i could get hurt i know that that's a risk i took did you sign the liability waiver no i didn't didn't. (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna sue tomorrow i think i twisted my ankle dang it yeah so (laughs) anytime you walk out the door you take an inherent risk Mm -hmm. in life right it's risky right it's a fun life if it didn't have risk it wouldn't be fun right otherwise so, so the, the the Democrats think they're going to stop the economy until no old person dies again. That's just not how it works. So there's certain risks. I know we lost a half million people and we may lose more. They tend to be, I mean, I hate to be too too cold about it, but they tend to be old and sick with, with pre-existing conditions. So their days were numbered anyway, right, if you can think of it that way. Was it or was it in Wuhan? The odds of 10 million people in Wuhan, a country of a, of a billion-plus people like China, what are the odds Wuhan... Where they have the only bio lab in China is the place at which the virus came out of. What are the odds of that? It's just common sense. What are they, you know, t- t- so so maybe it was a biological weapon that escaped the lab. Maybe it was intentional. Uh, and they didn't like Trump. He was getting ready to, to devalue, the, you know, invade in the wine and, and and hurt trade. I, I don't mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all, but I think that needs to be evaluated. You know what, what, what they did, and that because they, they are complicit. It came out of their labs, right? If we had a Tuskegee Institute situation, which is a scar on America, that's an embarrassment for us. We born, you know, the the the, the brunt of that. I mean, Tuskegee was terrible. What they did down there, and it's also called African Americans not to trust government and medicine, and they're not getting vaccines.
1: Wait, I don't think I even know this story. What's the Tuskegee story?
0: Uh, in the I guess after World War two right so they were uh they were vaccinated they were they were giving gonorrhea to to african-americans in tuskegee which is a hev- heavily black uh college down there and they were doing this uh terrible experiment giving them things just to test them like, like guinea pigs
1: to see if they could then uh learn, solve it learn, so learn, something. Yeah. learn something yeah but they didn't know that this was happening well or they the didn't
0: government, No, it was, it was sanctioned by the u.s government
1: no the people that were being no given, no, no, no no they didn't know and so it was. It was not as well, how, a, how are they? How are they doing that? Was it like in the food? Well, in the in the old days, they had
0: a situation where they would do shock therapy. There was a lot of crazy things. And as I always wonder, like Obama says, with global warming, the science is settled. Science is never settled by nature, right? So, so it's never settled. We'd still be le- doing leeches if it was settled.
1: They're experienced. Experience, I think they still being, use leeches or something somewhere. Uh, no, they do to, to, to create blood flow. They uh, but the Tuskegee uh issue was
0: like they were using African Americans as kind of guinea pigs, un- unknown to them, uh, for for various dangerous things, you know, whether you know, so so as a result, they got around, and blacks are inherently tend to be more skeptical of government and and care. so they don't get the shots, they don't trust the the government like they should, you know,
1: so and I don't totally blame them. I don't trust the government. <laughs> <laughs> well, why would? You? I mean, based on the fact that we are all having a hard time imagining the best and the brightest going into government, because it seems like we're living in a um, in, in the in the aftermath of de Tocqueville's prediction that it was going to be basically impossible to get the best and the brightest to go into politics because it got it was going to get so ugly. Right. I mean, based on that, I don't know.
0: Yeah, you know, the people going to politics, uh, you know, Georgetown had a foreign service school, right? So, you, you know, so we had a lot of people there that were going into government. They, they usually have family money. They have altruistic reasons to go into government. It's not really for the, you know, they want to change the world. Same with the people going to journalism, right? So they, they want to change the world. So they go in with a pre, um, predetermined political objective, right? And it's not right-wing conservatives that do that. It's it's not entrepreneurs that do that. It's people that like government, Right. Leslie Nope in uh, in, you know, in uh, 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 Parks and Recreation, Parks and Rec. they show, you know, Leslie Nope's a government person. She likes government. Government's good. Government, government, government. So, uh, it's it's a different view of government. And there's this tendency for people to believe government can help you with everything you can do. All right, it's this belief. Hey, well, there's a problem. We need a COVID bill. One point nine trillion COVID bill. That'll get us out of COVID. No, taking a shot, wearing a mask, staying away from people that are sick. That gets you out of COVID. Indi- individual responsibility has been has been Offloaded to government, so there's some there's this false belief that government knows more. Like, look about Fauci. Fauci, first of all, no mask. Don't wear mask. Don't wear mask. I right, can't wear. Oh, now we gotta wear mask. You know, science. Is, we gotta we gotta follow the science. What science? Asshole. I mean, you keep changing it. <laughs> you know, what science you talking about right now? You know, uh-huh. you're you're the Washington Senators game with no mask on. And I'm on mask, and, and then Gavin Newsom's at a big restaurant at the French Laundry uh-huh. uh, in L.A. Pelosi's getting her hair done. And what what science you talking about? Right? I, mean, I thought 14 days was going to flatten the curve. I thought we all stayed in our house 14 days. We, we're cool. That didn't turn out so well. So you know, life's dangerous. Shit happens. Right? So, so you step out the door is a risk.
1: Step out the door. there's risk should be part of the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, it is. The risk. Reward. If you don't, if you're scared and you don't want to get COVID, stay in your
0: damn house. Don't don't get around me. You know, if you're really scared, do it. But don't don't expect me to. I'm not going to breathe on you, causing problems with you. I, mean, I had it. It was like it was like a cold. I would have gone to work ten years ago with this. I had a COVID. It was not that big a deal. I'm relatively healthy, I guess. And and but you know, but yeah, I, I think it's it's just a bad. Deal. I think there's three types of people. People have had COVID. People don't have COVID, and the people are going to get COVID. You know, people are going to get it in some form or fashion, either through a flu shot, a shot or whatever. And by the way, if you're in Georgia, run up to Dalton or Catoosa County in the north part of the state, you just walk in and get a shot. And if your people are listening, you, know, going to, you don't, there's no line. Because what happens is, back to Tuskegee, there's a lot of uh, uh, Hispanic and, and African-American workers up there. They don't get the shot. So as a result, they got a lot of supply Moderna you know johnson johnson there's a lot of supply in north georgia so anybody in atlanta wants to run up and get a shot you show them living, you live know, living if you want to get it go get it the problem with buckhead they, they can't get people in buckhead to take a shot because no no one will admit they're 65. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> is anybody living in bucket
0: right now uh, i'm not i'm out i've got my car broken into twice in this stand-up routine at the um punchline I got my car broken into i have a video of The woman, woman actually, God bless the woman. Uh, women are, all of a sudden get equal rights. Now they're breaking in cars. So this woman breaks in my car. On the video, takes a, my backpack, which I had a foundation check. She wrote herself a check with her name very plainly written. Very nice handwriting, by the way. Tried to cash it at a wig shop. And I take this to the Atlanta police. Wasn't enough information for him. On video, wrote her name on the check, tried to cash it. Can't can't quite connect the dots on that one. He said. And so so that happened about a year ago. And the other they time they didn't go searching for her on her name. No, her name was a very unique name. I can't. Mm-hmm. can't I got it written. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very unique name. So they can't. And they, they, they did two things to me. They said, well, the video's not quite clear enough to to get her. And secondly. Um, that's check fraud. That's a federal crime. So you gotta go different. That's a different department. Is what the guy said to me. So he, he just like okay, right, dude. And about uh, about three weeks ago at Storica, 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 I got I parked right underneath the police camera. Broke into it again. Took, took a pistol out my car. A little cash, a couple things. You know, the police don't care. And if Buckhead's been given up like it's like Ethiopia or something. I don't I don't know what we've become. But it's, people are leaving. I'm just telling you, it's, it's a bad decision on on Lance Bottom's part to let this go. Police are disenfranchised. My dad's a policeman. Police are disenfranchised. They don't care. Um, people are getting scared. They're leaving. They're not coming back. It's going to hurt Buckhead. Prices are going to go down properties, you know, I think. How do you think this
1: pandemic ends?
0: Uh, like most, slowly peters out. I think eventually they'll, you know, I, I believe in the, in the power of capitalism and corporations. Look, look, look we're, we are where we are right now because of Johnson and & Johnson and Moderna, right? With government getting out of the way. So there's two fundamental things you and I believe in. Government get out of the way. Capitalism rule with a profit motive. I don't care. Make a profit. I don't care. And there's a certain amount of uh, altruism among them and competition to get that drug out there. And you you, you unshackle them from all the government regulations they came up. That's pretty amazing, this warp speed thing. All the douchebaggy things that Trump did, this is pretty cool, what he did. I mean, if you're objective and look back on it, that's gonna be pretty cool.
1: It's funny, when you said um, the profit motive like, is the primary driver of capitalism, I know that's taught a lot and talked about a lot. I actually have a, a, a different view that the profit motive is important, but it really fuels something else that comes out of capitalism, which is just true human joy, right? Right. So entrepreneurs, like I, I've known a lot of entrepreneurs in my life, and um, I find that the greatest entrepreneurs are not motivated by the money itself; they're motivated by what they can do with the money, right? And not just for their lifestyle. Like the the, the best entrepreneurs aren't the ones who want to right. have. Uh, grapes, grapes, grapes fed to them no. or,
0: or 12 steaks a day. You There's a marginal utility of money, right? People that, that are entrepreneurs like Bernie Marcus pulling up the Ziploc bag, they're not going to change their lifestyle. They're pretty frugal people. And it goes into a foundation, the Marcus Foundation, or you name it. And it goes to, to good things down the road. And they apply, like Bill Gates did, the same techniques that they did in business to make it efficient. And, and I would much rather them be chasing down a COVID cure or nuclear power plant or... Uh, uh, theories or, or whatever, uh, vaccinating people in Africa for diseases. than I would the government. The government, the government workers, they come in every day. I'm just telling you, they come in every day. All they, all they care about is where they're going to lunch. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing about government workers that I've, I've ever met that really is that important. That 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 appeals to me. They come in every day. They're, they're cogs. They slow things down. They are get paid. They're unionized. They have a pension. They don't give a rat's ass really about results. They're not results driven. Entrepreneurs have to be results driven. Otherwise, you're not you're not an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, well, you don't get to stay an entrepreneur. You you get you get uh, you know, xed out of the game. All right. You got to right? produce a product that people are willing to pay for and
0: willing to pay for again. And and you make a profit off of. And again, there's a point at which you're not driven by profit. It's, it's really not. They call entrepreneurs greedy. But in many ways, they're really the least greedy among us because they usually give a lot of themselves for whatever they do, and it really takes a lot out of them. And, and the marginal utility money doesn't change your life. In fact, it probably causes more problems for them, you know, in terms of state problems or whatever, they, you know, kids or whatever, the estrangement from the kids. But they are committed to what they did. It's a beautiful thing. If you Atlas Shrugged, which informed a lot of my thinking, you know, the Atlas Shrugged and, and Ayn Rand is, is phenomenal work about the value of an entrepreneur, Versus the value of a of a bureaucrat, you know, it, it, it's, it's and we don't honor. I don't think in our society today, in the last ten or fifteen, twenty years, the entrepreneur enough. I mean, it's easy to say, hey, he or she's greedy, right? The other night, Oprah, the billionaire, is up against uh, Meghan and Prince Harry, who are worth fifty million dollars, complaining about how bad America is. I mean, how do you how do you do that? How do you stand there and say this is a terrible from un- Santa Barbara? Yeah, unjust yeah from <laughs> Santa Barbara. You know. And Oprah grew up in Nashville. Went to Tennessee State. I mean, she she's a great American success story. I celebrate her. But for her to be pissed off and angry about some sort of racism that, that exists, I mean, yeah, there's, I'm sure there is somewhere here and there. There's rednecks everywhere, but like you can't hang your hat on that, and that can't that can't define you. Let's let it go. I mean, you know. So. Uh, the negativity, if, you think, if I'm positive about anything about America, it's, it's just the, the fundamental will of people to do well you know, and care about things. I and mean, these kids today, hopefully there'll be a movement, like a Reagan-type movement among these kids. Trump was not really, in a way he was a movement, but then he was not likable enough to it to the next level, right? So, And I think there's people like DeSantis. There's people, that, that guy with the patch down in uh, Texas, Crawford. Crawford's pretty this, good. There's a woman up in uh, South Dakota, Nome. There's people, there's a strong bench in the Republican Party. I'm not sure there's a strong bench in the Democrat Party. If you think about the Democrat Party, where's their bench? It's not Swalwell. It's not it's not Adam Schiff. It's not AOC. It's not AOC. It's not the Elon, whatever her name is up there. There's no strong bench within the Democrat Party. So I think the Republicans have a strong bench of young, energized people who still remember Reagan, who still remember Rush Limbaugh, who understand the freedom. Of, a, of this country and I think DeSantis has done a great job. I think a uh, gnome up in South Dakota has done a great job, whether it's, it's Trump next time or it's you know Crawford from Texas or these other people that, that come along. There's, there's a strong bench there I think that, that are idealistic people and that'll be good for the
1: country. Well we need some of that idealism. yeah that's what holds it together. I mean America at its foundation was an idealistic experiment. Yeah Great great experiment. I mean it's proven to be uh, very successful. But it doesn't exist intergenerationally without um, people defending it. Right. And schools have to teach it, right? So the the the, the That's the, a struggle. The, the reverence for the, the constitution.
0: The Hillsdale College does a good job a lot of it. Other people really don't. But it, it's, of course, course a pretty amazing thing. Like I said, my great grandfather times twelve signed the damn thing and he was you know, he was an older guy, he was sixty somebody he was the oldest guy that signed it, John Hart. But you pretty much shot the finger to England when you did it. I mean, you're pretty, the Haitian soldiers came to his house. He had 13 kids. And Haitian soldiers came to his house. You know, the, 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 the English hired the German soldiers to kind of, as a like a missionary, I would call it a mercenary group. to, to go. And, he, and his kids got chased down to Virginia. That's how like they end up in the South. They had to chase all the kids away. So when you did that, it took a lot of guts. In my view of America, and I've said this in college time and time again, America's full of a bunch of ADD people. Who who left Europe? <laughs> look at Thomas Jefferson. You know he did agri- agriculture. He did you know he did architecture. He did Sally Hemings. <laughs> he, he did a lot. Of, you know so Ben Franklin's flying a kite. You know in the in the in the in the, in, a li- in a lightning storm. These are ADD people. You know that, they came. They, they could, you look at the Europeans. They're stoic. The Germans are stoic. The Swiss are stoic. The the, the Swedes are stoic right they're pretty boring people they're very methodical people all the
1: ADD knuckleheads came here and that's why we have an entrepreneurial country it's where you escape to right yeah. because you you if you can get to the place where you don't have to conform then you can just be your wild self and you let your yeah. freak flag fly as they look, say and
0: if you look at the foreign the uh founding fathers they had it pretty well in europe most of them were pretty you know gentred people but they were bored and like oh, let's try something new let's go to this new country let's try something different you know and that's what the country should be about
1: yeah Well, Ron, we're out of time, but um, this has been wonderful. Thanks for taking the time. If people want to find you on social media, best places? Uh, Ron at Ronald Hart, Hart ronaldhart.com,
0: or Google Ron Hart. The column comes up. Daily Caller, Orange County Rush, about 55
1: newspapers around the country. Op-ed humor. It's fantastic. It's worth the read. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm Ryan Millsap. Thanks for listening to the Black Hall Studios Podcast. (laughs)
0: Thanks for listening to the Black Hall Studios podcast with Ryan Millsap. We want to hear from you. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. And follow us on Instagram at at Black Hall Studios and at Ryan.Millsap.